God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Excuse me, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. We're doing a series on Sunday nights on principled living. Uh, what I find happens in a lot, of, a lot of Christian lives and homes and churches is uh, we, we get to the point where we start living by rules and regs rather than knowing where those rules and regs came from. I have no problem with rules and regulations. You've got to have them. You've got to have things to guide and direct your life. But you have to know where those things came from and what the basis of them are. And that's what, that's what principled living is. You, you go through Scripture, you find biblical principles to guide your life by, you develop a conviction based upon those principles, and then you develop standards based upon the convictions that you came to because of the, of the principle. Uh, we have a, in the, uh, on the table out in the hallway... We've got a little worksheet that'll help you with that. There's, there's two forms in each of them. And uh, if you don't have one now, you can get one after the service. Take what you've heard tonight and then work through it. Uh, come through and, and, and put down what the principle is, the scripture. What, what, is your, what is your conviction because of the principle? What areas does it affect? And therefore, what standards will I make? If you don't make this series personal, it will all be for naught. In other words, it, you know, it's, it's good to make individual decisions at the altar and things along those lines. That, those are good things to do. But you, you need to develop some overriding principles in your life that will guide and direct your actions. In other words, we do what we do because of what the scripture says. Tonight, the, the, the principle we're going to be looking at is a principle of affection, principle of affection. Let's stand together if you would. Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read verse 1. Let's read verse 2 out loud together. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you if you have one. Verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek these things, those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Let's read together. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray as we take a look the, this evening at this principle of affection, that our hearts would be directed in the right place, that we would set our affections on heavenly things much more than we do on earthly things. Earthly things will pass away. But those things that are heavenly are forever and eternal. We ask God that, that you would guide and direct, speak to our hearts the, this evening. We ask, Lord, that the word of God and the spirit of God would have freedom in each and every one of our hearts. May we not close our hearts' doors in, in certain areas of our hearts. May they all be open to you so that you can speak to us, guide and direct, we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. The scripture says, says, set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. Affection, 
uh, is, is, uh, means uh, your thoughts and your feelings. And notice that it says that those affections, those thoughts and feelings, uh, are, are, are singular. It says affection, not affection. It says set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. Years ago when I was reading through that, I realized that there were other places where the Bible uses the term affections in plural. I want you to look at the two times, only twice is it used in your King James Bible. Go to Romans chapter 1 and then Galatians chapter 5. Go to Romans 1. And Galatians chapter 5. Romans chapter 1. Look down with me, if you would, in verse 26. And in Romans 1, the end of the, the chapter, he's talking about the downward sp spiral that people go when they, uh, when they are no longer thankful to God, they no longer give God the glory, and they start going downhill in their personal lives. You look at verse 26, it says, For this cause... God gave them up. Those are the ones that have gone in that downward spiral. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. You're seeing that going on all over the place in America today. And that's because the affection was not heavenward. Instead, the affections, plural, became earthly. Uh, go, go to Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5, look down in verse 24. It says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. In other words, those, those affections that were heading in the wrong direction uh, were, were crucified because of Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to be very, very careful that our, that our affection is singular and that, that uh, our, our, the affection that overrules every other affection of our heart and mind is the affection that's heavenly toward Jesus Christ. That's why the Lord Jesus said, said that the first and the great commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. If that's always the number one affection, then the other ones will filter out and will be proper. When that one starts to quiver, when that one starts to shake and it begins to lose its place, other things are affected in your life. And I've, I, I've, I've watched that, and I've not only watched it in other people's lives, I've watched it in my own life. And when my, when my love for God begins to diminish at all, it, it, it affects the things that we love. It affects our affections. And, uh, and our affection needs to be singular toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it says, set your affection. In other words, you have control of that. If, if it's something that you can set, then it's something within your realm of your will, and you can choose where to put your affection. You can choose where to put your love. 
And there's some examples of things that we can set our affection of in Scripture. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 is part of the Beatitudes. And in Matthew 6, he deals with affection. Matthew chapter 6. And look in verses, uh, look at the in verses 19 through 21. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We can put our... our we could put our hearts and our affections in treasures. If, if you, you put them in treasures on this earth, if that's where your heart goes, well, one of these days those things are going to flee. One of these days those things are going to rust, they're going to corrode. Uh, anything that is on this earth is not eternal. But the things that are in heaven are eternal. Where are your treasures? Where, where do you, where is your heart set on the things that will never corrupt, will never corrode? Or do you find yourself falling in love with things that, that are not eternal? Uh, it's, it's, it's easy. Uh, you know, we use we used terms like, boy, I love my car. Oh, I love my house. Uh, I... <laughs> I love pizza. I love tacos, you know, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, I've never seen anybody kiss a taco yet. I, I, don't, I don't think the affection is that kind of affection. But, but uh, the, the truth is, is that if we're not careful, our affection can go in an earthly direction. And we can get extremely attached to those things. Why is that so dangerous? Because they aren't forever. They aren't forever. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I learned early in life, cars are not forever. They corrode, they rust, and they end up in the junk pile eventually. And, uh, I, you know, it was a standing joke between my, my wife and I. Whenever we would get another car, we've never had a brand new one, but whenever we've gotten another car, um, it, it never fails within the first month or two, some, somebody or something puts a scratch, puts a dent, uh, something happens to that. And you know, I've come to the conclusion, God allows that kind of thing to happen to say, look, don't put your heart on this thing. And it's easy to do that with things on this earth. And God, God warns us, tells us that we need to be careful about doing that because our affection needs to be first and foremost in heaven. The second, the second area where we can put our affection, look in verses uh, verse 24, verse 24 of chapter 6. It says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Be careful about what calls or who or what calls the shots for you. Uh, you'll either serve a heavenly master or you'll serve 
and an earthly one. Um, you know, it can, it, your master can become anyone or it can become anything that gets a hold of your heart. And then those things are the things that, 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 that start to call the shots for your life. As an, as an example, um, you know, I, I believe people need to, to work. The Bible says if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. But it's real easy to, to put your affection in a job. And uh, jobs, you know, one of the things I learned, again, over the years, jobs are not necessarily forever. And it's very unusual to have people stay for an extremely long period of time in one particular line of work. Oftentimes it switches. I saw that with my dad. My dad for years was working for a company called Weirton Steel Company. He was a salesman in Rochester uh, for that company out of Weirton, West Virginia. And all of a sudden one day he just didn't have a job anymore. And there was a younger guy that came in who had a college degree and it was back during that time when that was the thing to do, to take a college man over a person with experience, and he got bumped, and he ended up not having a job. Um, that kind of thing, if your affection is in the wrong place, and we have attached ourselves to those things over and above what God would intend us to do, uh, we can end up in a, in a precarious situation. So be careful who your, who your master is. Make sure that the Lord Jesus Christ and what, what he desires for your life is absolutely number one in your life. You know, we talked about this this morning in the message. There are no such things as accidents in the life of a Christian. And when things happen in Christians' lives, it's because God has either allowed it or specifically designed it to happen that way Either way, uh, God, God uh, 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 lets that thing to take place in our lives, and we need to realize that he's watching over us. He cares for us, just like the, the song that uh, the kids just sang. You know, God cares for us. The reason why we sh should not have this, the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind is because we've got a God who cares. Isn't that good? Isn't that a blessing to know that, that you know, he's watching over us, he's caring for us, and, uh, and, and there are no accidents in our lives. So be careful who your masters are. And then, then lastly, your needs. Your, your needs are where you can set your affection. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, and look with me, we'll look at a little bit lengthier passage, starting verse 25 to the end of the chapter. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? In other words, there's more to life than just what you eat and what you wear. Uh, there there's, are things that are eternal. Verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, 
in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which, is, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. By the way, that's you and me. We're Gentiles. We're not Jews. So this is what we're susceptible to. In, in verse 32, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Uh, he's talking there about, about physical needs, about food, about drink, about clothing, about various needs that we would have on a regular basis. And he says the thing that's the most important are not those needs, but the needs that he points out in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, what is the kingdom of God and his righteousness? So, so oftentimes we quote that verse, but oftentimes people that quote that verse have no idea what God's talking about when he talks about the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So take your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn to the, the book of Romans, chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And in Romans 14, look down with me if you would in verse 17. <clears throat> Romans 14, verse 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. God says the, 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 the greatest needs that we have are righteousness, peace, and joy in, in the Holy Ghost. In other words, it's spiritual needs that are greater than the physical need. If you'll, you'll be concerned about the, the spiritual needs, God will make sure that your physical needs are taken care of. Now, again, he expects us to do what's necessary for us to do to have those needs met. Again, it says, if a man doesn't work, neither should he eat. But, but the idea is, is that the more important needs need to be the spiritual needs, and our affection needs to be on those, those, those higher goals and those higher needs in our lives. Uh, there's there's a, a question that uh, we can ask ourselves when we start to get all worried and start to get all upset and start to, to get all Twitterpated by things that are going on in our lives that it looks like some needs are not met, uh, just simply ask yourself, will it matter 100 years from now? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's, a, that's a good question to ask. And the truth of the matter is, in most cases, the things that we're the most worried about uh, usually are of the least significance. Uh, what we need to be concerned about are things that are eternal. We've got to set our affection on things that are above. So what's, what's the, the principle? The principle is, is simply to look and care for the eternal 
rather than the temporal. Uh, eternal things must be more important than earthly things in my life. And so therefore, the eternal things will take a priority and the temporal things will take second place. Now, with the, all of those things in mind, we need, to, we need to consider some things. There's just some basic considerations that we have because of where our affections ought to be. Number one is love for the world opposes our love for God. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Back toward the end of your Bible, if you've gone to, you start to see Jude and Revelation, you've gone too far. 1 John chapter 5, and look with me down in verses, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And now he defines in the next verse what that world is. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We always go into dangerous territory when we start to love temporal things when we start to have our, our affections go earthly rather than our affections be heavenly. And, and what happens is, if we're not careful, the, the, the whole order of, of things gets switched and we start allowing the temporal to determine our direction in life rather than the eternal uh, determine that, that direction. And where it often starts is just loving the things of the world. The Bible says that, that uh, we ought not love the things of the world and that that love for the things of the world is going to be in direct conflict with our love for God. Make sure loving God is absolutely number one. Second thing we need to consider is, is what we value shapes our priorities and our priorities determine what we do. Uh, when, when we have the right priorities, we'll go in the right direction. When your priorities are to serve God, to love God, to please God, to put a smile on God's face, then that's going to determine how you live that particular day. That means Bible reading is going to be number one. That means that prayer is going to be a priority. That means that souls will become important. That means your family is going to become important. That means that, that uh, your church will be important. Serving God will be important and more important than all the other things that, that are in our lives. Uh, it, it causes us to have the right priorities. Right affection causes right priorities. Wrong affection causes wrong priorities. Another uh, thing that we need to consider, to, uh, go back with me, if you would, to Matthew 6, and look with me down in verse 21. Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Jesus said that this, he said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
In other words, whatever you invest in, your heart will follow that investment. Uh, where you invest your time, where you invest your money, where you invest your cares, where you invest your concern. That's where your heart will follow. And so one of the ways that you can set your affection on things above rather than things on this earth is to put your, your time and your effort and your money in the right areas and in the right direction. Spend time uh, in prayer. Spend time in the Bible. Uh, you know, make it a priority to put the, the things of God first, not second. They should never take a, a, a back seat. You know, um, I, I, I've watched this over the years. I've watched families that have made uh, serving God, living for God, loving God, coming to church. You know, they're, they're here in Sunday school. They're here Sunday morning. They're here Sunday night. They're here Wednesday night. Uh, we, have, we have families, and I, I love when, when this happens. We're getting ready uh, in uh, the latter part of the spring, first part of summer, to go out and do some more door-to-door. Door door. And I love it when we do that because, you see, whole families show up for door-to-door. Uh, now, we don't encourage the whole families to go together because with some of these larger families, it looks like an army is going up the sidewalk, and we, <laughs> we don't want that impression. But, but uh, the, 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 the truth is, those are folks that have said, look, God's going to be number one. Other things are going to revolve around God rather than God revolving around other things. And uh, where, where your treasure is, that's exactly where your heart will be found. And then, of course, the last one is Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If, if you have the right affection and you have the right priorities, then it gives order to your life. Not only does God give a promise, he says, he said, he says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all the things he was talking about. He was talking about the treasures, and he was talking about the needs, and he was talking about the things that, that concern us day by day. And he says, all these things will be added unto you if you put the proper priorities first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But the other thing that it also adds is it adds order to your life. You end up having an orderly life because you've got first things first and you've got temporal things where they belong. Uh, the temporal things are not the things, the things that, that uh, will not last forever are not the things that determine what the, the major decisions that you make in your life and the major direction that you take in life. And so set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. When it comes to making personal standards for yourself in, in the various areas of your life, uh, state who and what will take prior, top priority in your life and then state specifically how that will be the case. You know, one of the, one of the things that, and I made this decision, I, I made, made, made many decisions very, very early in my Christian life within the first year. 
And one of the, the decisions that I made was that uh, 10% of everything that God gives to me, I'm giving back to God. And the reason why I do that is not, you know, I've had people say, does your church make you tithe? Do you make all the, the members say, oh, we don't make anybody do anything. But we do teach what the Bible says about it. And the Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. What does that mean? That means it's not mine. <laughs> and I have no right to it. It's not mine. So all I'm doing when I give that 10% back, I'm just simply giving to him what's his in the first place. You really don't get down to the nitty-gritty of giving until you give over and above the tithe, and that's where missions comes in, and that's where love offerings come in, and, and other things along those lines. But, uh, but I made that decision real early. You know, I, I've never had this struggle over that thing. Never had a struggle. You know, anytime that I've written a check or put money in an envelope and it's, it's part of the tithe, uh, I, don't, I don't sit there and, and fret and fuss about it. it. It was a done deal years ago. I decided, to listen, that's, that's number one because God says so. And because God says so, that's going to, going to rule my life. You heard my Brother King talk about uh, one, of the, one of the rules that he has in his life, and it, it, you know, it, it may work for you, it may not, you may do it in a, in a different way, but he says no Bible, no breakfast. It, he reads his Bible before he, he has breakfast. Now for me, eating my breakfast helps me read my Bible because I got a little bit more of my mind going once I get some, some uh, work, some, some food into me. But, but uh, he knows what he needs, and so he's decided no Bible, no breakfast. You know what that is? You say, yeah, but that isn't how I would do it. Okay, how would you do it if you put your affection for God as number one? That's the bottom line. How would things change if the affection for God ruled and reigned over your life? And, and, and that's, that's, that's uh, how you implement the principle of, of affection and you implement the conviction that you have that, that you ought to put God first and your love for him determines everything else. So there's some questions I'd like to ask just before we, we, we end the message uh, this evening. Number one, are God's desires your desires. Are God's desires your desires? Jesus, before he went to the cross, went to Gethsemane and he prayed a prayer. I often think of that prayer because that needs to be my prayer every single day. He said, not my will, but thine be done. In other words, he was first and foremost determined to do the will of the Father. Is that what, what determines your decisions in life? Does that, is that what determines your direction in life? Is that what determines your affection in life? What, 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 uh, uh, what are your desires and are your desires toward pleasing God? Secondly, what matters most to you? What is the absolute top priority in your life? When it comes to affection, what bothers you the most? 
Do earthly cares bother you the most or do eternal cares bother you the most? Now, again, you know, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to any one of you. We, we, get, we get fretting about the stupidest stuff. Just recently I fretted over something that, you know, and I, I found this happen in my life. In fact, when I asked someone to pray about it, I said, you know, this may be one of those situations where uh, I'm all, you know, concerned about something that will never take place. Guess what? I was all concerned about something that would never take place. I, you know, we get uh, our hearts oftentimes get focused on the wrong stuff. And that's because our affection starts to slip. And instead of being above, it's on things on, on this earth. Uh, what bothers me the most, earthly cares or eternal ones? Good question to ask. And then next question is, do those around me know that my affection is set on things above? Now, the truth of the matter is, people that know you best know where your heart is. If you, if you want to know where your heart is, just ask a loved one, ask your, your wife, ask your husband, ask your kids, ask your parents. So where do you think my primary affection is? Now be ready for the answer. Be ready for the answer. Because it's, it's obvious, the things that we talk about, the things that consume our lives are the things that are on the top priority of the list of our affections. And, and oftentimes, they're on earthly things rather than on heavenly things. And last of all, ask yourself this, what can I do? What can you do? What can I do in the next 24 hours to invest in eternal things rather than just in earthly things? Why? Because the important principle is we need to set our affection on things above, not on things on this earth. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I come to you this evening quick to confess that it's easy to get for, for me to get all concerned about things many times that don't matter, to have our affections slip. And we have to continually, it seems, push that reset button and set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Uh, Lord, it's, it's something that we have control over. And where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. Father, we pray that you would work on our hearts tonight. Help us to determine that our affection is going to be heavenward and that we're not going to let the things on this earth take precedence. We, we ought to love our families. We ought to uh, have love and consideration for others. I, I understand enjoying the things in this life. There's nothing wrong with that kind of enjoyment as long as it's proper and it's right. But it's easy for that enjoyment to become affections rather than our affection being first and foremost toward you and toward things that are going to last for all eternity. Lord, work in our hearts and show us areas tonight, right now, where we need work 
in setting our affection heavenly, heavenward rather than earthward. God, as, as you speak to our hearts, may we make those adjustments, make those decisions, and set our affection in the right place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.